probably can do a 10-minute talk because uh, the thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, really the same things that uh, Ben Lee spoke about. And uh, my very first uh, scripture that I was going to uh, have you turning to was Colossians chapter 2. So obviously God wants us to have a, uh, a look at these things. You know, um, I was thinking because of uh, the fact that the churches all go through a bit of an audit at uh, this time of the year. And uh, so I thought it'd be good for us to um, do a little bit of an audit on ourselves. And that's really what um, Ben's been uh, chatting about, hasn't he? Um, but I was wanting us to uh, have a think about the uh, our rituals that uh, we have, our um, uh, habits, our uh, reputations, and... Um, We've also got uh, traditions. We've got uh, our own traditions. We've got traditions within the church and I uh, want to have a very short look at them and I'll have to be um, quick. Whenever um, I think of uh, the word tradition, I immediately think of uh, where uh, the Pharisees were challenging Jesus about um, uh, his disciples were eating without having uh, uh, washed their hands. And uh, so... Uh, uh, Jesus comes back to them and says, look, uh, you've introduced uh, traditions to uh, get around uh, roles, responsibilities and, and laws. And in effect, he says, you know, by your traditions, you've made the word of God of none effect. And uh, so the, the thing that we're able to get out of that is that uh, there are traditions that actually are effective for us. They do uh, give us uh, some effect. Um, we have to be careful of uh, religious traditions and, uh, you know, 1 Timothy 4 and elsewhere uh, make that clear, you know, by uh, introducing tradition upon tradition upon tradition, you know, you end up with you know, Revelation 17 where, you know, you're making war with uh, the Lamb, you know, uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, I wanted to... Um, uh, well, we'll uh, skip Colossians chapter 2 uh, there. I'll, I'll just remind you, it did say, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy, vain deceit, after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. But uh, clearly there's traditions that uh, we are asked to honour. And in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, it tells us, therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now, our fellowship's got some uh, lovely traditions. You know, I know New South Wales are going to have a prayer and fast uh, this weekend. Um, that's a great tradition that, uh, again, Jesus was challenged on that particular matter. He gave a, uh, an answer which made it clear that we were to be doing it uh, after he had left. And uh, so picking up on uh, Ben's comments, you know, um, we need to be deliberate in our decision process and uh, we need to be uh, proactive and, uh, and uh, doing things, you know, well, when we're uh, asked to do them, you know, from scripture, you know, uh, have a look at them. I know, some people, you know, we have prayer and fast, some people don't join in on them. So I'm asking uh, people at this time, you know, to reflect on uh, themselves, have a think about, you know, why 
prayer and fast were in the in the church and uh your particular role if you get behind it uh, you'll watch uh, god bless your life uh, our christmas and easter camps you know uh, that uh, we have you know uh, i'll come back to that i wanted to look in uh, james chapter one but uh the point I was trying to make is if, if we have a look at, um, you know, our Old Testament Bible, you know, you go back to the book of Exodus and uh, you've got a, a story about uh, God rescuing or saving his chosen people. And then the very next book is uh, Leviticus and it's a record that's directed uh, through uh, the Levitical tribe on uh, what God wants them to do now that they've been rescued. And it's uh, not a storybook. You know, it's a very clearly a lot of instruction. They've been saved for a purpose. We've been saved for a purpose. But uh, then you see you've got more instructions following uh, if you go through the book of Numbers and then you go into uh, Deuteronomy. Uh, Deuteronomy was all about the law again. It actually means the, uh, the second law. And if we go through uh, those uh, books, it's lots of... Uh, uh, do's that uh, God would like us to do, which we we find in the New Testament. Um, we know that a lot of those things in uh, those uh, uh, various books, you know, were uh, paralleled or completed by Jesus. You know, Jesus is the Jubilee when all the captives are set free. He's the anointed one. He's our scapegoat. He's our uh, sacrifice, etc. But there's a lot of things that are there which are... Uh, come through into the New Testament. Nine of the ten laws in the Old Testament, you'll find them, you know, were in various places in, in our New Testament. No longer with that uh, stamp of the authority of the law, but rather, you know, were helping us with instruction on what, it, what is expected of someone who has been saved. So we don't have uh, a set of instructions in the New Testament, you know, where God has written a lot of these things on our heart. But uh, just in case we are, um, find the, uh, the handwriting a little bit too difficult to uh, read, you know, uh, we do have some other helps, don't we? We've uh, got our, um, our uh, apostles and that have uh, written uh, letters to us and uh, where various teachers have been appointed in the, uh, the church. So instead of following the, uh, the Torah and reading them over uh, the 12-monthly period and then following a uh, calendar of, uh, of rituals, you know, we actually uh, go through uh, the scriptures and, uh, and deal with uh, the teachers that are appointed in the church and we come up with uh, things that uh, we need to be doing. And uh, Ben was really, you know, when he quoted Philippians 4, he was really identifying, you know, uh, don't let life just um, roll on. You know, be very deliberate in uh, how you uh, choose, you know, other uh, things that you do. So uh, James chapter 1 verse 27 says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I made a comment on this in a recent talk in uh, Canberra, but, uh, you know, I could have uh, been reading Exodus 22. I could have been reading Deuteronomy uh, 10, Deuteronomy 14, etc. 
And uh, I would have been seeing these uh, same encouragements there in the Old Testament. So uh, my uh, little challenge here is, you know, depending on your circumstances, everybody has different circumstances, but uh, do the fatherless and the, and the widows, you know, uh, see you as part of uh, their network of uh, support. And that uh, goes inside the fellowship and outside the fellowship, by the way. We're encouraged to do good unto all folk, especially unto the household of God. So uh, you'll have um, people within the, your neighbourhood, you know, uh, everybody watches us and they, uh, you know, we claim to be Christians and uh, they expect to see uh, Christian habits and Christian uh, uh, activity. Another one I've got is uh, in 1 Timothy 4, verse 12. It tells us, you know, uh, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And then it goes on to talk about reading our scriptures, etc., in the other in uh, the following uh, verses. But uh, there uh, it uses the word uh, charity and in the New Testament we jump onto that to uh, talk about as a, a godly love, you know, some form of a, a high form of a, a love. But uh, this godly love is an active word and, and it means that um, we're an example to the believers and in, in the things that uh, we say, the things that we do and, uh, and how we put uh, the love of God in, into effect. In the Old Testament, we would have been reading a, um, an unusual-looking word, but uh, if we uh, translated it, uh, you know, uh, where it comes in as charity, if we look at it in its uh, context, you know, in the Old Testament, it has, you know, a much more practical, uh, open uh, way of being uh, looked at. And it's asking in the Old Testament, this uh, word charity, it's asking for a contribution by the giver of their time, their effort and their insight in order that uh, both the giver and the receiver benefit by their actions. So uh, the challenge is, you know, uh, are we an example of the believers? Have a look at uh, those things that uh, we do, uh, those things that uh, we uh, see important in uh, life. So the, the, the final little bit, because my um, time has almost run out, is, you know, we are coming up to uh, Christmas camp and uh, uh, I just wanted to um, identify that from Canberra's point of view, we see a lot of uh, the people who have been in the church for quite a while trot off to uh, Christmas camp. But uh, those that have uh, joined us, uh, you know, of more recent years, we uh, quite often don't see as many of them making those decisions to uh, go to uh, Christmas camps. And I'm, uh, I'm wanting to identify that, you know, uh, the church has put these little uh, traditions uh, into uh, our um, program, not, not to uh, just simply to uh, entertain the, uh, the folk, but uh, we're doing it there because we can see patterns that are in the Old Testament and they've been helpful in the Old Testament. And it's good for us to uh, get out of our uh, comfort zone and uh, get together as a group. So if uh, we were um, uh, looking at uh, the 
uh, the calendar that was in the Old Testament. They were looking at a um, agricultural calendar. And uh, if we were uh, looking at uh, the Feast of Pentecost, it would be at the end of the, uh, the wheat harvest. And uh, if we now come to Australia, if we look at the end of the wheat harvest, it happens to be around Christmas. And uh, God, you know, was identifying, you know, where these traditions have been uh, put in place for a good reason. You know, we got them to uh, leave their home, their routine, their ritual, etc., and they had to go down to Jerusalem on the Feast of Pentecost and enjoy uh, some uh, jubilant uh, festival events. And uh, while I'm on that, you know, uh, if you have a look at uh, when on our agricultural calendar, when Easter occurs, it happens to be at the uh, the Feast of Booths where uh, God uh, really asks the people to uh, really get out of their comfort zone, you know, uh, think about uh, uh, what it is to have been uh, saved, you know, while uh, they'd wandered through the wilderness and uh, been brought into a promised land. So uh, Christmas and Easter, you know, they're good times for us to um, think about the uh, our uh, rituals, our traditions and that. Why are they there within the church? They were there in the Old Testament. They made great value for the, those people. We actually get great value out of them. If you haven't been going to uh, these camps, have a little bit of a think about them. Amen. How about that? I made it, Tony.